Welcome to the Reaching Forward Podcast. We're filling your bucket with blessings. We want to look at the third blessing, which is Matthew chapter 5 and verse 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Let's pray. Father, have your way in this time of Bible study. And Lord, we ask that you bless according to Jesus Christ. Amen. Maybe you've heard that they're selling tickets to nowhere. And I'm not making this up. If you you can buy a ticket on an airplane, they'll take off, fly around the air, and then land in the same place. So basically, you're paying a ticket to eat those little peanuts and maybe a, a can of Coke. Well, God doesn't give us a ticket to nowhere. God gives us a ticket to somewhere. And when you read God's word, don't expect to get a ticket to nowhere, to spend a bunch of money and wind up at the same place. When Jesus does a work in your life, he does not leave you the same. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians that old things are passed away. They that are in Christ, they were a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God. We want to be in Christ because Christ gives us a ticket to somewhere. Also a ticket to heaven, a ticket to a better life, a ticket out of sin, a ticket out of debt. You know, not spiritual debt, but God can get you out of physical debt too. I know because he did it with me. But let's look at, that's not what we're teaching on tonight. We're going to fill your bucket with blessings. We don't want to leave you the same way we found you. So we want to deal with how God is going to give us this blessing of meekness. Blessed or happy are the meek or humble, for they shall inherit the earth. And really that we're going to deal with power. Humility or meekness is power, but it's under control. There was an older man that had serious hearing problems. For many years, he went to the doctor, and the doctor was able to have him fitted for a set of hearing aids that allowed the man to hear at 100%. The old man went back in a month to the doctor, and the doctor said, Your hearing's perfect. Your family must be really pleased that you can hear again. The man just shook his head and said, Oh, I haven't told my family yet. I just sit around and listen to their conversations. I've changed my will three times. Better be humble. You know, about 20 years ago, we're dealing with power under control. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is power under control. And I've heard of a horse being meeked. And that's a horse being broken. Horses are very powerful, but when they're meeked, They're broken so that they can uh, accommodate a rider. They'll listen to the rider in the field of battle. A stallion is powerful, but of course, you can't really do much except watch them paw the air until they're meeked, until the power comes under control. And I really saw this about 20 years ago. I was living in Washington State. And we drove by this Gracie gym. There was a guy, now the Gracies do jujitsu and mixed martial arts, right? So 
there was a young man outside there, so I, I think we stopped to invite him out to church. He was a drive-by invitation to invite someone out to church. If you're a Christian, you know what I mean. You just like get impulsive. You've come out of church. You're excited. You want to tell someone about Jesus. And so we got out and invited this guy, and, you know, or I don't even know if we got to the invitation. The man was so excited, he said, do you know who's in the gym? And I, I didn't because I'd never been in that gym before. And he said, Mario Sperry. And I didn't know who that was either. So I figured I was going to go invite this other guy, Mario Sperry, the, to church. So I walked in this dojo. And I was in my church clothes, like a white shirt and dress shoes and dress pants. And I might have had a tie on. And was probably all of 25 years old and no, no wisdom. So here I was. I got the guy's attention and he was training a bunch of students. And uh, so I, I got his attention. He looked up at me and I, I, I kind of walked over and I stepped on the mat where they were training with my shoes, my, my dress shoes, my outside shoes. Like everybody stopped in the gym. And I realized I had, no, you don't do that. You, you, you go in there barefoot. Well, broke gym etiquette and of course i'm trying to invite this guy out to church and i look like i you know could be beaten up by all these people and make me into a pretzel anyhow so he came off the mat this gentleman and he shook my hand and he you know he 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 didn't shake my hand and break it he shook it gently and then when i invited him to church uh he told me about how the work that he did with his church and his country. He's from Brazil. And he, was, he, he didn't come off as a proud man. And uh, I looked him up on Wikipedia. So he's 220 pounds, 6 foot 1. I'm 150 pounds and shorter than 6 foot 1. He's a heavyweight mixed martial artist specializing in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He was the first fighter in history to make a Gracie submit in a match. And in another fight, he knocked the dude out with a single punch. Me, I don't have that kind of fighting record, okay? He's a pretty bad dude, but he shook my hand without crushing it and spoke humbly. What is that? Power under control. And when God begins to deal with our hearts, he wants to take all this power that's in us and he can only use it if it's under control. You know, even the word humble, it comes from the Latin word, the root hummus, which isn't just the, chick, the chickpea spread that I think is pretty good, but it means lowly, literally like on the ground, earth. Well, the Bible said, blessed are the meek. Happy are the meek. Why? There is an inheritance coming. God needs to work on our character because God has a huge scope of an approaching inheritance. The Bible says that we're joint heirs with Christ. The Bible says we shall judge angels. The Bible says that one day Jesus will set up shop and, and uh, take over the earth and rule the earth. On a sunny afternoon one Sunday, two young church members were going door to door and they were just inviting folks to visit their services. This is before the coronavirus. When they knocked on one door, it was immediately clear the woman who answered was not happy to see them. 
Boy, I've seen that look. She told them in no uncertain terms she did not want to hear their message, and before they could say anything more, she slammed the door in their faces. To her surprise, however, the door did not close. In fact, it bounced back open. She tried again, really putting her back into it, and slammed the door again. With the same result, the door bounced back open. Convinced these rude young men were sticking their foot in her door, she reared back to give it a slam that would teach them a lesson. Just then, one of the men said quietly, humbly, meekly, Ma'am, before you do that again, you might want to move your cat out of the way. Meek people were blessed. Meek people submit to God's will. I'm going to give you three things about meek people or humble people. They submit to God's will. First thing, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Notice his place but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. The meekness of Jesus. You know, even to give, give our life and change our life, we have to confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. There's power just in that name, but it's a humble and a meek Jesus. When Jesus was arrested before he went to the cross, In John chapter 18, it recounts this beginning in verse 4. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed them, stood with them. So he saw Judas' face in the crowd. As soon as he had said unto them, I am he. Now notice this, they went backward and fell to the ground. Have you ever like turned the light switch on and turned it off really quick? I wonder if God just kind of gave a flash of glory to show all of this arresting people, these hundreds of arresting uh, people, this band that God was really in charge, that he was laying down his life, that they weren't taking him, he was giving himself. You ever had that? Just quick, Jesus submit himself to God's will, to his Father's will. You know that meek people also relate to others. Really meekness, have you ever heard of like a hermit being meek, someone that doesn't have any relation to anyone else on the face of the earth? It's not really a quality of, a, of someone who has no relationship with anyone else. But meekness begins to deal not just with ourself. It's not selfish. It's selfless. Matthew chapter 26. The Bible says in the same time of Jesus' betrayal, 
in verse 49. And forthwith, Judas, he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. Now, in the Middle East, they kiss you on the cheeks. He didn't kiss him on the lips, but men kiss men on the cheeks. So you'll go cheek to cheek and cheek to cheek. And they still do it in France. They still do it in the Middle East. I remember when I was in Jordan, I believe, this guy came up and he goes, Adam, and he kissed me on the cheek. Now, it was another soldier. I was in the Marine Corps. We are out in the desert somewhere. And uh, I said something like, don't kiss me again. I mean, it's a Middle Eastern thing. They call it a holy kiss in the Bibles, not something so much that Western people do, okay? Anyhow, this is what Judas did. He came and kissed Jesus. Hail, Master. That was the sign that, uh, that that was Jesus and to arrest him. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus, oh, excuse me, verse 50, Jesus said unto him, friend, wherefore art thou come? And he gave Judas another chance. Look at that. Then came they and laid his hands on Jesus and took him. So they were arresting Jesus. And behold, one of them, we read another account, it was Peter, which were with Jesus, stretched out his hand, drew his sword, and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. His name was Malchus. Peter cut his ear off with the sword. He was aiming for his head. The dude ducked. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father? And he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels. Have you ever read that? A legion was like 6,000 Roman soldiers, okay? 6,000. Well, one angel, one angel in the Old Testament killed 185,000 Assyrians in one night. One angel. Now, if a legion is 6,000, Jesus said 12 legions, right? That's 72,000 angels. Now, you multiply that, one angel kills at least 185,000. I don't think that's the limit. So, you get a number. Now, get ready. 13 billion, 320 million people. Now, if Jesus called that many angels, that could be the destruction that he could wreak on this earth, that's destructive power, right? Especially, that's 13 billion people, but there were only an estimated 300 million people on the face of the earth. Talk about overkill. You could kill every person 40 times, right? But that's not what Jesus did. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. In the book of Luke, uh, there were some unhospitable Samaritans and, and uh, the disciples said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you know not what manner of spirit you're of. Not very meek. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. You know, Jesus came to save life. Have you ever heard of 666, the number of the beast? You know what 667 is? The neighbor of the beast. Well, have you ever heard of John chapter 3 and verse 16? What's that? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, that's 316. Well, what's the neighbor of John 316? 
John 3.17. That's probably not as well known a verse, but let's read it. God, for God sent not his son into, this, into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The relationship of Jesus isn't to destroy men, but to help them, but to heal them. In Luke chapter 22, we see what he did with the ear that the disciple cut off. He, the Bible says, and Jesus answered and said, suffer or allow ye thus far. And he touched his ear and healed him. So Jesus maybe picked the ear off the ground because it said he touched his ear, not his ear socket. But Jesus healed Malchus's ear. And I bet that ear was like the perfect ear if there ever was one on the face of the earth. But notice the relationship that Jesus has with people. Jesus is meek. God, let me be meek. So a preacher, there's no power in that. There's power in being meek. Remember I said it's power under control. In Puritan times, there was an eminent and goodly minister. I read this uh, from a message uh, from the preacher named Charles Spurgeon. The minister was named Mr. Deering. And so he was sitting at a table one day and this other fellow came and insulted this minister by throwing a glass of beer in his face. I remember when I used to be in the Marines and I would read my Bible like outside our barracks room. There was kind of a catwalk outside, an exterior walkway. And this guy came up and he stuck his bare foot on my Bible. It didn't make me feel very good, but I just kind of, you know, just, oh well. <laughs> but so this, this, this minister, he had his, this beer thrown in his face. So what did he do? Well, took his handkerchief, wiped his face off, and went on eating his dinner. Now, I'm not talking about Stephen Seagal, but a Christian, meek minister. The man provoked him a second time, doing the same thing, and even did it a third time. And he spoke some oaths and blasphemy, called him anything but a child of God. The minister made, named Mr. Deering made no reply, simply wiped his face, and on the third occasion, the man came and fell at his feet and said that the spectacle of his Christian meekness and the look of tender, pitying love that he had cast upon him had quite subdued him. There is power in being meek. There is power in loving people with the love of Christ. There's power in not hurting someone who's done you wrong. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. So the good man was the conqueror of the bad man. Meek people have those relationships. And also meek people, the last thing, they're growing. You know, in the third beatitude, we have a real positive quality. The first one, we're poor in spirit, right? Eh. Second, mourning or grieving. The third one, humility. Totally positive. You know that the Bible said, let all things be done decently and in order. God is helping us to grow with these blessings. God has an order about him. You ever heard that song? First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby in the baby carriage. The Bible said we are God's husbandry, God's building, God's got an order in our life. We build on that foundation of Jesus Christ. God has an order. Have you ever read some of the things that have order in the Bible? 
The Bible says in in 2 Peter, the Bible says, and beside this, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 5, giving all diligence, add to your faith. There's an order to it, right? Virtue, that means power, goodness, excellence, add it to every part of your life. That's the first thing God does when you get saved. And then you add to virtue, knowledge. What? The knowledge of God. And then you add to knowledge, temperance. It's an evil curse word that means self-control. One donut, right? Temperance. And to temperance, when you get self-control, you add to that patience. Cheerful endurance. Not endurance, cheerful endurance. And then you add to patience, godliness. That's that quintessential fifth thing. A godly character in all parts of your life. But keep adding, right? We're growing, right? And these are one after the other. Like the Beatitudes. God's adding one to the other. You add to godliness. Now what are we doing? You're adding brotherly kindness. Now it's not just inner. Now we're spreading it to our friends and our family. Brotherly kindness. It's familial love. And then to brotherly kindness we add charity. God is growing us. God is growing us so that we can be a light to the world. Romans chapter 5. The Bible says in verse 3, here's another kind of ladder where God adds things. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. It isn't hard to do, is it? It's hard to do. But try it. It's a blessing. Knowing, why? That tribulation worketh patience. Man, if I pray for patience, that's what you get, right? My daughter likes to say that. That's what you get. Well, tribulation works patience. But then what does patience work? Patience works experience, right? You figure out, hey, it's going to work out. It worked out before. And it'll work out next time. Because that meant it's going to give us hope. That's the next thing in Romans chapter 5. Well, what does hope give us? Hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. You know, the Holy Ghost isn't given to the world. The Holy Ghost is given to the church. It's the job of the church to give a love of God to the world. You know, when, you're, when, you, when you have this humility that God gives you this kind of Holy Ghost contentment, Godliness, contentment, with contentment is great gain. I was watching a show about hoarders, and this lady said, enough is enough for everyone, but there's never enough for the hoarders. But you see, God gives meekness this kind of contentment. Blessed are the meek. Why? Because we're submitted to God's will. We're humble. We have this relationship to others. We're gentle. And we're growing, so we're patient. Patient for our inheritance, patient for the problem to go. Hey, hey, heaven's gonna come one day or the other. To live is Christ, but to die is is gain. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am, there it is, meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. You know, God has a blessing for us to get this power in our life. He blesses with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, 
in Christ Jesus. But he'll put that blessing under control. He'll put the blessing under control so that being meek, we can, can submit to God's will. Being meek, we can have a positive relationship showing Christ to others. And being meek, we're growing. We're growing. You're growing. God bless you. Put that blessing in your bucket. We'll see you in church this Sunday, 9 a.m. Come be with us. Come invite someone to church. Tell them they can stay in their car, keep their windows up. God bless you. God bless you. Amen.